are in unexpected places. This is the Messy Spirituality Podcast. Here's Jason Elam. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a prequel edition of Messy Spirituality. My name is Jason Elam. I'm a grateful husband, proud dad of four awesome kids, and a follower of the nonviolent way of Jesus. I've been a missionary, a professional wrestler, and for about 20 years, I was a local church pastor. That season came to an end last year when I just couldn't fit in the evangelical mold anymore. These days, my wife and I and a few of our friends spend many of our Sunday mornings feeding hungry people through a no-cost market we've set up in our old church building. But more on that in another episode. Today, I just want to take a few minutes of your time to introduce myself, tell you a little bit about my story uh, so that we can engage further. I'd love to hear your story uh, in response to what you hear today. So sit back, pour yourself a a nice glass of whatever you prefer, and I'm just going to tell you a little bit about who I am and what you can expect on the podcast in the next several weeks. I grew up near Dayton, Ohio. Like many kids, after several throat infections, I needed to get my tonsils taken out. The anesthesiologist made a mistake and gave me too much medication, and I died on the operating table. While I was flatlining, I had an encounter with a presence that I can only describe as the personification of love. In that presence, I knew that I was loved, treasured, and welcome, and that everything was going to be okay. Without a word, this presence let me know that my time had not yet come, and there was still a purpose for me in life. I felt like an important part of the plan and also knew that when my life did come to its conclusion, I would return to this loving embrace where no fear can exist. After several minutes, the doctors were able to shock my heart back into rhythm, and I recovered normally from there. I woke up thinking the whole thing had been some insane, wonderful dream brought on by the medication during surgery, until I later heard my mom on the phone talking about what a scare we had endured in the operating room. I later told my mom about my experience, and to her credit, she believed me. Other people scoffed and mocked the very idea of meeting God in a near-death experience. I learned pretty quickly that it wasn't a safe thing to talk about, and my insecure pre-adolescent self buried the experience deep down with all the other things about myself I was ashamed of. The one thing I couldn't shake, however, was the sense that there was kingdom work for me to do, And years later, after an injury and the fact that I wasn't very good at it, ended my professional wrestling career prematurely, I walked down the aisle at Agape Baptist Church near Birmingham, Alabama, to answer the call to ministry. I enrolled in Bible college, was later licensed and ordained into church ministry, and even had Reverend Jason Elam imprinted on the front of my Bible. For the next several years, I tried really hard to be important. Based on my experience in God's loving presence, I thought I was going to be the next Billy Graham. And so I set out to become an evangelist and preached fire and brimstone messages to convict the sinners. I railed against sin, especially the sins that I was secretly guilty of. I made people feel lower than worms because I knew that if I could just get them to feel bad enough about themselves and their sinful ways, I could coax them to the altar for the cure the blood of Jesus that washes away God's disgust of us filthy sinners. My first steps toward reconstruction began when my grandfather died. He had been a humble farmer and a bus driver for the local school system near Cincinnati, Ohio. 
He was a hardworking provider of a large family with 12 children, and I had loved him and my grandma so much. Every summer, I'd go spend a week on the farm with them, and it was heaven on earth to me. I enjoyed the animals in the wide open spaces, but more than anything, I enjoyed feeling that same sense of unconditional love that I had experienced in the operating room that day. During the last years of his life, my grandpa's mind was ravaged by Alzheimer's disease. He slowly slipped away over a decade, and his life finally came to a merciful end. His funeral was a real homegoing celebration. During the service, the minister, who was my cousin, asked the large congregation gathered to stand if my grandpa had influenced their spiritual walk, and hundreds of people stood up testifying that his love of neighbor, humility, and gentle spirit had impacted them deeply and drawn them closer to God. Something happened in me that day. I realized that church titles and positions were not the way to importance in the kingdom of God. In fact, that Bible bearing the name Reverend Jason Elam was buried with my grandpa. I just couldn't do hierarchical titles anymore. But there was still so much insecurity and fear in me and my ministry. Later, I moved to Romania to serve as a uh, missionary, preaching in churches there and feeding kids living in the sewers. While there, I met and married a young woman who had suffered horrific abuse as a child, and I brought all of my baggage, and she brought all of the pain and rage of her childhood into our marriage. Newly married, we returned to the United States and went into local church ministry and served as youth pastor, associate pastor, ultimately senior pastor of local churches around Alabama for the next decade. In 2004, I became a dad when my daughter, Emily, was born. She was born with a collection of birth defects that had never been seen together before. She was published in medical journals. She was new science for geneticists to study. At first, doctors didn't know if she'd even live through the night. She surprised them all and continues to defy the odds today as a 14-year-old with a creative flair and her dad's rebellious streak. After Emily arrived, I became more interested in knowing God as a father and was deeply impacted by the work of Brennan Manning and Paul Young. They taught me a grace that stood in opposition to the try-harder, do-better religion of my holiness upbringing. I long to believe in a God who loves us as we are, not as we think we should be. But the God of love that I had experienced in near death seemed a million miles away from the institutional religion that I was very much a part of at this point. In 2007, I resigned from the church I'd been leading for three years as my unhealthy marriage disintegrated into divorce. From the beginning, we had been competing against one another for a sense of significance we were both lacking. We both craved the spotlight, and we saw each other as the biggest obstacle to a successful ministry. It was the single most destructive relationship of my life. And as it ended, I immediately started dating a long-ago former youth pastor's newly single former wife, Brandy, whose marriage had recently ended as well. We married way too soon, and we brought into our new marriage three kids, my daughter Emily, who was three at that time, and Brandy's athletic and brilliant daughter, Alex, and her generous and kind-hearted son, Britton, who were five and three at that time. We later had one smart and fun-loving child, our son, Jackson, together 
who is now eight years old and is so much like his dad that it's scary. Both Brandy and I carried a whole lot of insecurity and pain from our first marriages into our new marriage. But after 11 years together, I can tell you that Brandy is God's greatest gift to me, and she is the most faithful reminder of God's love for me. She knows my worst, the very worst of my past, and she loves me fully and completely. My divorce and remarriage was at odds with the views of most churches here in the buckle of the Bible Belt, and many churches that had welcomed me prior to divorce no longer wanted anything to do with me after. I was devastated. A couple of years later, angry and disillusioned with the established church in our area, I launched a new church plant in a vain attempt to stay active in ministry. When that church plant quickly failed, we moved to another city and tried another church plant, which also ultimately failed. We moved again uh, when a medium-sized Methodist church called me as their youth pastor, and we spent two years building a large youth group of over 140 teenagers, but the will to perform and prove my own worth was strong, and I resigned that very successful ministry to plant yet another church not too far away from the church I was leaving. I was preaching grace, but living out of fear, which just doesn't work. I had already come to doubt many foundational doctrines of evangelicalism, but kept my doubts quiet until one night last year in a house church group setting. The subject of hell came up, and a new member of the group said out loud that she did not believe in hell as a place of eternal torment anymore. Other members of the group got defensive, and that conversation led to several people leaving our church. Some stuck around, hoping that I would push back against the new age doctrines trying to infiltrate our church, but I just couldn't do it. I couldn't play that game anymore. The reality was I no longer believed that God would punish us in literal flames for all eternity, and I couldn't go on towing a doctrinal line that was no longer my personal conviction. Many people left. Many of them cherished friends who we continue to love dearly to this day. As yet another church crumbled, I hit bottom and sank into significant depression. I had heard that exercise was beneficial in fighting depression, so I joined our local gym. As I struggled through my elliptical workouts, I would listen to podcasts from people like Rob Bell and Greg Boyd, Keith Giles, Brian Zahn, and others featuring guests like Richard Rohr and Paul Young. One day, I stumbled onto an episode of Jonathan Martin's excellent podcast, Son of a Preacher Man, with guest Brad Jerzak. The episode had been recorded in Brian Zahn's house, so that caught my attention. As I listened to Jonathan and Brad discuss the radical love of God that keeps no record of wrongs, I began to feel that familiar loving presence that I had experienced while dead on the operating table back in Ohio so many years earlier. I survived my 33-minute elliptical workout, but the podcast conversation continued, so I started walking around the indoor track in our gym. And as Brad and Jonathan were illuminating Christ in some really dark passages of the Old Testament, I began feeling something I can only describe as waves of liquid love crashing over me, setting me free from fear and insecurity that had ruled me for years. What a sight that must have been to my fellow gym members to see this out-of-shape, middle-aged man walking around and around the track, weeping uncontrollably. Something shifted in me that day. I am no longer trying to be an important person in the kingdom of God. 
I'm no longer trying to build a church or a ministry or a following or a brand of any kind. I believe my purpose today is simply to love the person in front of me, whoever that might be. And I don't need a pulpit or a platform to do that. So why this podcast? Because I have personally experienced the power of this genre of communication. And I wanna try to spread the message that God loves you as you are right now with all of your pain, insecurities, bad habits, and contradiction. God loves you. You are God's beloved child in whom God is well-pleased. God is not keeping a record of all the times you've screwed up. God wants you to know how loved you are and for the people in your life to know that God loves them too, even those who think they're your enemies. This podcast has been in my heart for many years because I love the authenticity and simplicity of this genre of communication. As I mentioned earlier, some of the biggest aha moments in my life have been while listening to a podcast when God would cut through the noise and chaos of my life and teach me something about his love, his kingdom, and our place in it. Do we really need another podcast? Specifically, do we really need another white, middle-class, deconstructionist voice creating a podcast? Well, that's for you to decide. Here's why I think this could be different. I love questions. I am fascinated by the why behind every what. I believe that God can be found not just in the answers of life, but also in the questions. I have no delusions of grandeur here. There are people making incredible podcasts already on the web, undoubtedly producing a much better podcast than this will ever be. Most of them are asking wonderful questions, but I'm gonna ask the questions on my heart to a collection of thought-provoking men and women who I believe are finding God in their own questions. So I hope you'll join me on this journey. On April 22nd, we'll release episode one to the world featuring my first ever interview with my friend Keith Giles. I tried to ask Keith some questions I haven't heard him answer anywhere else. Not just to hear his answers, but sometimes it's in the contemplating the questions that God breaks in and reveals himself in unexpected ways. In the meantime, before that first episode releases, you can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Being Jason Elam, and on Patreon at Jason Elam Writes. You've heard some of my journey here. Now I'd love to hear about your faith journey, where you've been, what you've believed, and what you just can't believe anymore. Thanks for listening to this prequel edition of the Messy Spirituality Podcast, where we're finding God in unexpected places. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Until then, may the love of God that knows no limits shine through the lies we've believed about God and ourselves and continually set us free from every fear and insecurity. Amen. You've been listening to the Messy Spirituality Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and visit us online at MessySpirituality.org. You can help spread the word about the podcast by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and sharing links to each episode on your social media. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode.